G'day mates, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wing podcast. Uh, here we go, this is, um, wow, episode 209 and we're going to continue on. Mr. Brett Gar said, we love you Brett, thanks man, uh, this is cool, it's so cool hanging out with Brett on the uh, internets, hanging out, chilling, uh, yeah, really cool, very, very cool. You guys are going to enjoy this one, Brett's a monster player, check out, check out all these stuff can find it online you know where to go and we'll play some tunes from his stuff today i don't know which one but um we'll throw some tunes in there so thanks again brett awesome mate really appreciate it you are officially a wanker um well how you doing out there like <laughs> is this shit just getting old now <laughs> i mean fuck <laughs> can we just get past it yeah apparently not it's not looking good fellas uh man not looking good not in america anyway at the moment it's it's a shit show and uh no end in sight at the moment and um man yeah i know there's a lot of people out there really hurting really hurting at the moment and this is tough times so um oh two emails look at that um crazy it's crazy times it's nuts and we're kind of all over it <laughs> yeah there's only so much guitar playing you can do in a bedroom. But, um, yeah, I hope you're safe. I hope your family's safe and you're hanging in. Uh, yeah, just keep hanging in. And, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? you just got to try and stay positive. Go for a walk if you can. Do some push-ups, exercise. It's important. It'll help the brain if you're feeling shitty or a little depressed. Do some sort of exercise besides guitar wanking. You gotta do something else. But anyway, be safe and uh, don't let the bastards get you down. Um, check out, if you haven't done so already, go over to uh, Tommy Bookervac. Tom Bookervac, legendary guitarist from Nashville. Uh, great bloke. I haven't met him, but I love his videos. Go check him out on Homeschooling. I've been watching them, I've become a fan. Love what he does, and he's he's a monster. He's a great player, and years and years of experience. So if you haven't seen his videos, go check them out because they're really worth it. He's uh, <laughs> he's good. Tom, Mr. Bookervac, is cool, very cool. Thanks, Tom, for all that you do. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so go check that out. Go check out Grumps. <laughs> if you have nothing to do and you just want to feel better about yourself, go check out Grumps TV. It's a must. You must do it. Uh, live at five on Wednesdays and live at five on Saturdays. There really is no excuse. <laughs> so go check it out. Scott, what are you doing? Motherfucker. <laughs> ah, love me some Scott Henderson. Great man he is. And Brucey Foreman. Someone said, who calls Scott Henderson Scotty Henderson? I do. I call him Scotty. I call him Scotty Foreman and Brucey Henderson. Call them whatever the fuck I want. Um, Because you can. Because they're good blokes and they don't give a shit. And uh, they're a lot of fun. i got to say, I am blessed. I get to hang out with these monster guitar players. Doesn't really help your ego at all. So I kind of leave that at the door as a guitar player. But um, it's definitely fun to be in just hanging with these cats who are just monsters um also before i forget um i had a good talk to our good friend 
uh, who was a, a guest on the show not that long ago, Mr. Joel Taylor. You guys know Joel Taylor, right? Drummer, extraordinary, extraordinaire. He's he's a monster, and you've heard it. You've heard, if you've listened to the show, you've heard Scott talk about him and Bruce, and they both say any style, um, any style. Joel like nails it, and when he's playing jazz, he sounds like a jazz drummer. When he's playing anything else, he sounds like that style. He's very rare. Uh, Bruce and Scott were saying that he's just he just really pays homage to the song and the style. He's a badass, and um, and you can get Joel on your tracks. Mind blown. Yeah, you can uh, you can reach out to Joel, and I'm going to give you his uh, email. Uh, you can reach out to Joel, get him to play on tracks, and he can do everything. He does everything. He produces, he writes, he records, but he gives you monster drum tracks, um, help you finish a song. Uh, you can get a killer bass players on it if you need a rhythm section. Joel Taylor is the man. So you can reach out to him at, uh, let me get this right, J-T-R-T Sticks. So that's J. T R T Sticks. That's S T I X. Okay, you got that? J T R T S T I X at AOL.com. <laughs> Why did I just sound like I said every vowel then? AOL.com. What the fuck? It's uh, oh what what ah, yeah, Jesus. Alright. There's <laughs> shit going on in the background there. Um yeah, so J T R T sticks J T R T sticks S T I X at AOL.com. Or you can call him. But um they're better to just email him. But let him know that you uh you heard it from Guitar Wank. Joel's like many musicians at the moment. <laughs> like I'm talking to a different group here. All you guys, we're all going through some shit at the moment. We're all dealing with not playing live, not making any money, and uh, shit's heavy. Shit's heavy, man. So there might be some of you out there who uh, need some drum tracks. Um, I know I do need some drum tracks. And, um, man, imagine having Joel Taylor play on your shit. That's, that'd be pretty badass. I mean, yeah, i got Alan Holdsworth, the drummer, playing on my songs. I mean, they're four chords, but he's still playing on them, you know. Anyway, so check out Joel. Go go reach out to him, or you can catch it. You'll find him online, just, you know, or reach out to us or whatever. But reach out to Joel if you need tracks. He'll uh, he'll look after you, and uh, he'll give you amazing, amazing shit. So he's done like a hundred... I think he said he's done like a hundred albums at his house, at his studio. That's in the last so many years or whatever it was that's that's impressive John so uh, we hope you're well mate and uh, yeah any way we can help definitely and we've all musicians out there I know people are going through shit I know Bruce and Scott are, are trying to put more content up or, or definitely Bruce but yeah I, uh, we are all in this boat and um, it really sucks really really sucks and I can't even imagine what it's like just dealing with the money side of it but then if you had to deal with someone in the family that's sick and got this stupid virus I mean that that's some heavy shit right there so uh, heart goes out to you man if you if you, anyone's going through that at the moment and dealing with it I know all our Brooklyn and New York listeners are dealing with they're on the front line man of this shit it's crazy absolutely crazy 
So, uh, thoughts. Thoughts are with you guys. And, um, yeah. Sit back, relax, take your mind off all the crazy shit at the moment. And listen to Mr. Brett Garsett. Tell some stories of uh, Brucey Foreman and Scotty Henderson. Who doesn't call Scott Scotty? Come on. How do you not call Scott Scotty? Just saying. Anyway, big shout out to a few mates of mine, uh, Lyle Workman. G'day. Big shout out to Lyle Workman. He's busy doing his thing at the moment. I've got to check in with Lyle. Shane Terrio, Monster. Shane, hey, go on, mate. I don't even know if you listen anymore. You're too busy probably doing Riff Raff. If you haven't listened to Shane's podcast, go check it out, Riff Raff. Way more professional, <laughs> way more talented than the shit we do. But anyway, he's, he's a great man. Uh, Les, gonna say a big shout out to Les. He's, uh, I think you're in Santa Barbara, right, Les? Yeah. Big shout out to Les. Uh, who else we got to shout out? Shout out to the guys from Wireworld, Larry and David. We haven't said g'day to those guys. How are you guys doing? Florida. <laughs> Florida, man. Wow. That's uh, a lot of crazy shit happens in Florida. <laughs> i got to say, interesting place. Yeah. Uh, shout out to my mate, Ulf, in Sweden. The Swedes, they're soldiering on over there, doing pretty good. Shout out to mate Kippo in Australia, mate Dino. Uh, yeah. My mates, uh, all my mates in Latrobe Valley, Victoria. Actually, Australia's doing all right. We're, we're hanging in at the moment. With, I mean, America's just blitzing the field on this shit. So, uh, man, I hope we get on top of this. This is not good. So, anyway, so enough of my shit. You know where to go for all the information. Guitarwank.com. Guitarwank at gmail.com. Wow, I'm popular tonight. Um, and, uh... Yeah, send us an email. See what you can do. And we will all catch up with you guys next week. I believe Scott and Bruce are going to do some lessons, online videos, like snippets. Maybe, you know, a minute, two minute, like little lessons that they're going to throw up. So uh, I'll let you know when that happens and we'll get them out there. I think I'm encouraging Bruce to do more of that. That'd be good. And uh, yeah, keep you guys in the loop. Alright, well be safe And my heart goes out to you If you're going through some heavy shit Real heavy shit at the moment Just Ah oh man, I got I got no words No words It's Shitty times guys Shitty times But uh, Do your best to hang in And sit back and listen to Breddy Garset Breddy, do they call you Breddy? I don't think they do that, We wouldn't have called you Breddy down under It would have been just Garset Hey Garset You plugged in mate? Yeah, it would have been just Garset, I think. That's what us Aussies would have just called him. I'm sure Farnham just calls him... Hey, Garset, what are you doing? I can't... Hey, Brett. Maybe. Maybe he calls him Brett. All right. <laughs> Love your work, mate. All right, guys, sit back, and we'll see you guys all next week. And uh, I know this one was a little late, but that's the way it goes at the moment. Anyway, uh, we'll we'll get back to you soon. Be safe. Stay healthy, and uh, we'll... <laughs>
on, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, Brett, one of the problems that we have are that a lot of bands have who don't get the luxury of playing through good monitors and have the same monitors every night because they're not playing with a star like you are, you know, and they're having to use like um, amp modelers. But the problem is, is even if they dial in the amp modeler and you have to play through a different monitor every night and then the monitors are sometimes trashed, it can yeah. kind of ruin that whole concept of of you know using a it fractal is, system because you don't get the good speakers to hear yourself in exactly it would pretty much kill it I, I, you'd be better off just taking the most convenient amp possible i would go back to an amp if that was the case because uh yeah sure i mean sure, totally. the, the, yeah they, they because when, whenever we do these festivals i mean john is the headliner we are always the headliner we don't if we don't headline we don't do the gig so i'm really lucky in that sense that they, they can – it's not like we have everything we want, but, I mean, if, you know, if that was the case, I'd have two Bogner ecstasies behind me instead of, you know, uh, I'd have whatever right. I wanted. But, um, sure. But, uh, but um, at the same time, when it comes to the monitors, yeah, they can say, yeah, we need these ones and, and so they can get the absolute primo quality. So, yeah, you're right. If you were just doing, doing a thing where you turned up at a club and you had to use whatever was there, then – you're back in the same situation of a rental amplifier situation. Exactly. So yeah, I, I just, right. I just go get a, get a good combo amp that I really liked and I just carry it with me. That's how I do it. Uh -huh. Does, how many, um, are you running through a, a ton of different sounds throughout the gig on the Farnham gigs, mate, or? No, not at all. It's pretty much just, it's just, uh, you know, a clean sound and variations of a clean sound, you know, just sort of, maybe I'll have a clean sound with a bit of grit on it. And then there's a chunky, riffy sort of sound, and then a sound that I solo with, and that's yep. pretty much it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have, you know, yeah, it's it's really low frills, you know. We just sort of keep it pretty organic, and 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 I do have to say, like, in terms of consistency, I've I've been using this thing for like, like oh god, be four years, and uh, never a breakdown, wow. not once. I've Never walked up there and it's not worked. It's always. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that's a big improvement over tube amps. I'll have to say that. Well, it is, it is a, it's just, it's just a, I mean, don't get me wrong. Look, I, you know, I, I would, I would love to go up there with my favorite amp setup, but God, it's been years since I've had that luxury, to be honest. You know, it's, it's just, just you know, it's not feasible nowadays with the, with the pricing of travel and just everything's cut back and, to walk into a gig and have the exact same sound every night in those situations, it's just got to take, you can focus on the playing more, I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. You sort of remove, you remove any worries. Like, I just know that if I was using rented backline, I'd probably spend the first two songs of my back to the audience tweaking knobs. And yeah, uh, yeah. Whereas with this, there's just none of that. I just go up there and start playing and don't worry about so, it. So, Brad, I'm kind of close and that I rent the same amp every single time I, I fly. And yeah. luckily for me that in America, you can find it even anywhere. And it, I'm, you know what? I've even found it in the deepest, darkest jungles of Brazil. It's like, <laughs> right. the, you know, you can find these things anywhere. It's a Marshall, uh, uh, the JCM 2000, right? But the problem is, 
is they're not always in the best shape. So, <laughs> so when you, when you find a good one, it's great. And then when you find a trashed one, it's like, Oh boy, you know, you, you, and, you know and, what those sound like. It's, it's and thin and anemic sounding and just like, ah, shit, you know, but and that's the, whatever. that's the, that's what I was kind of dealing with too. Like, I mean, you just yeah. have no idea. You can, you can rent that, that fender twin, but who knows what condition it's going to be in by the time it gets to you. So, right. So right, yeah, it's right. just, it's just a bit hit and miss. Whereas with this, it, uh, it's a small enough, like it just fits in a small briefcase size road case and I can just take it on the plane and check yeah. it. And, uh, and it's, it's consistency. You know, I just sort of, I'm looking at it from the big picture of the show rather than yeah. really my own, my own real needs. As a, and at, but and you're at the end of the day, the right it's thing, man, cause it is, if it's consistent, then you're going to play better, you know, cause and you're it, used to it. Yeah. And it does sound really good. I mean, it yeah. sounds really, really good. You'd swear it was an amp. So I noticed, really cool. I, I noticed, uh, Erwin, Erwin Thomas did that with, uh, he went all fractal on the last, uh, Southern Suns tour. Yeah. He yeah. Erwin's been doing that. See, and see, the other thing Erwin was doing as well was um, is these uh, full-range cabinets they make where you can run the uh, the fractals through them and they, you can use all the amp modelling and all the rest of it, speaker cabinet modelling. And they're, so they're like your own personal monitors. Mm-hmm. And Erwin was carrying two of those around. So that sort of removed the issue of whether the uh, whether the monitors on the gig were any good or not. Right. So, so mm. he, he was getting his sound from that. It's just more stuff to carry around. So yeah. you know, I but, think uh, Jennifer that, Batten does something similar. Yeah, yeah. Jennifer's she, using a modeling thing, isn't she? Yeah, the she blue does, tube. I, the blue. What's that? Is it the blue blue tube thing that sits on the floor? The pedal blue. When the, the, Thomas Blue. Yeah, Thomas, Thomas Blue. Thing, right? Yeah. The round. Yeah, Thomas used to work for Hughes and Kettner. Yes, I met him right. a couple of times. Yep. Yeah, that sounds pretty good, that thing. Like, I mean, look, there's amazing stuff out there, but just I totally understand where where you're coming from, Scott, and, and you too, Bruce, I'm sure. Like, you've just got your favorite amp that you know, and you know how it responds, and you know everything about it. And, God, yeah, I'd love to go back to those days where you just had that one precious piece of when, – when I was a kid, uh, when I was about 15 or 16, I, I managed to buy a Marshall, my first Marshall. And I just got this 100-watt super lead, and it was just – it was the holy grail, you know. Mm. It was like the most beautiful amp. I listened to old recordings on cassettes of our old pub band and think, Jesus, I wish I had that amp back. But uh, I sold it when I moved to America. And, um, but that was, that, was that, that beautiful situation where I just – I never worried about sound anymore after that. As soon as I got that amp, I just forgot about that and worried about the playing. Yeah. And are you playing strats still, or? Yeah, I've gone back to playing my old uh, strat that my mother bought me when I was about thirteen. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's there's almost nothing original left on it. Like the only <laughs> thing original left on it is the is the body and the the body and the tone and volume knobs are the same knobs, I think. But everything else is different. Different neck. Actually, the necks are John Sir neck. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah, when I was uh, when it was like uh, late '90s, and I was going to see Bill Asher over in Santa Monica. He's a great luthier over in Santa Monica, and he said he had these uh, new necks coming in. And I, I'm pretty sure he told me John had cut them. It must have been maybe it was while John was still working at Fender. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Yeah, I got one for the telly and one for the Strat. So, so right. yeah, they're great. You Here's, know, the, uh, my, 
my favorite part of being on the road is if we get to be in the van, because <laughs> if we're in the van, then I get to use my my own amp and my own cabinet. And, yeah. And then, you know, I'm like in heaven, but exactly. these, yeah. these days, you know, it, it seems to be less and less van and more and more flying. And, yeah, but, and you know what though, after this virus thing is over, I don't know um, what the airline situation is going to be like, but, um, I changed agents and now I'm with this agent that's in Germany. I don't know if you maybe maybe you know him, Jeff Og. He's 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 in Berlin, but okay. he's he books these tours where you really don't fly very much. Most of it's by van and he's really good at routing. And so I'm really hoping that the next time I get to go to Europe, it's going to be more on the on the ground than in the air. And and then I get to use my own gear and I'll be so happy. So, so would you take the would you take the sewer he- the sewer head all the way there or no it's there already it's like it's oh, in, okay, gotcha. in Europe you know so right, it's yeah. it's like sort of like a duplicate of my gear here over there and just the amp in the cabinet and then I have like a wet uh, the wet sound just comes through a regular old hot rod deluxe yeah and so I've got that gear and see that gear can fit in the van with the drums and the bass amp and then um then we don't have to rent anything. And it's wonderful to be able to go from night to night to different places and play with your own gear, but you can only yeah. do that if you're in the van, you know? So that's, I'm really praying that my next tour is, is, is in a van and, and not, you know, flying from city to city. Cause then you're renting shit and man talk about renting. I, I mean, you know, your drummer probably is, is getting the same kit when you guys are flying. I'm sure your drummer is getting the kit that he wants to play. Yeah, he's got a uh, he's got a DW endorsement, and so they just provide a kit for him. Oh, uh, see, uh, that's the luxury because my my poor drummer Archie, um, he he asks for a Gretsch kit, but he doesn't always get it. Right, and he doesn't get it. He's not happy. <laughs> and you know that's that's like like the more the more he's acoustic, really not happy. The more acoustic the instrument, the more it matters. You know, it's uh, yeah. Like if he has to play a Yamaha kit, it's best not to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, do do you remember the days when you would turn up to the airport and check everything, like drum kits, amps, <laughs> yeah. holes? Yeah, I re- I remember. I'll never forget this. This uh, TJ and I had to go to Dallas to do like a NAM show or something, and we had this rack, and it was like about a it was about a twelve space rack or something. And on wheels, and we turned up, and we checked it at the airport, and we were waiting for it at the other end, and it came down the belt onto the the turn, like the carousel, rolling end over end as it came. (laughs) 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 Well, there's our rack. It never sounded better, I'll bet. It never sounded better, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember one time we were checking in some gear. This is back when you could fly anything you wanted. And and the lady put it on the belt on on the wheels, right? Oh god. So when the when the rack went, you know, where they put it on the belt that goes down (laughs) to the place where they put it on the plane. It went down on the wheel, so it rolled. Oh no! Down and just crashed at the end of the ramp. 
Oh we didn't God. see it, but we could hear it. And it was like a loudest noise. Well, I mean, like this 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 all stopped in like I think the late nineties, they might have stopped yeah. all that stuff. Definitely after nine yeah. eleven it stopped, that's for sure. But pretty much after nine eleven you couldn't fly with anything that looked like an animal case. Exactly. No. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you know, you've got gone to India and done some gigs for Sandy, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I went there back in like oh two thousand and 11 or 10 or something like that with with virgil and did some gigs uh-huh. and he turned up at the airport and i think we must have checked about 18 drums on that plane it was unbelievable <laughs> it was, i was like oh these, these are the days i remember these days like, oh, I, we had something like 30 pieces of luggage and uh so they, they were obviously loves still, you, man he's always talking about you know he loves you Oh, he's a beautiful cat, Sandy. He's, he's just a great, a great guy. guy. And he what loves your playing, and he loves the fact that you came over there to play. Just to, you know, he's a huge fan of yours, man. It was a, it was an amazing experience, like to go to, to go to India and play for the people, and, and to meet him. What a fantastic guy! Like just one yeah. of the, one of the beautiful people, you know. Yeah, he's a great guy, man. You know, he was he did a lot of the Bollywood film scores that are really famous. So he's, you know, he, he was kind of the head of the whole Bollywood music scene for a long time. Yeah. He's, he's a heavyweight over there, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it was an incredible, incredible experience. I was very lucky to get to do that. So good Brett. food, right? <laughs> I, I ate nothing but Indian food for the whole two oh. weeks and I could have eaten it for the rest of my life. Like one night, yeah. One night, Sandy said, oh, we'll go to a Japanese restaurant. And I just, just for a bit of fun. And I went, ah, let's go back and eat some more Indian food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his, his uncle owns a restaurant and, and it's actually one of the Iron Chef restaurants. So um, in, in Mumbai, and his uncle has a restaurant. We went and ate think, there and it was just, the food was just to die for, man. It was unbelievable. We, we went there as well. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I had yeah. no idea what to expect. I thought it'd be this little tiny place but wow yes. it was uh, pretty yeah. amazing huh jesus incredible you, you guys are making me hungry damn it <laughs> <laughs> hey brett so so what does brett do nowadays when you pick up the guitar what are you working on mate what's what do you do when you get the guitar in your hands and you have some time with it um yeah what was bruce's quote uh i used to practice to get better but now i practice just to keep from getting any worse i think that was the <laughs> 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 yeah that is a, that's, that's a good Bruce quote. <laughs> there's so many. There's, what was the, what was the one about proximity? Well, it's not everything, but it's close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, uh, you know what? It's it's like I I I, t- I turn on YouTube and there's like a five year old playing something I could never play if I had another lifetime to live. So. It's almost like the technique thing is just a foregone conclusion. Now I'm—I guess I'm just searching for identity. Really, I guess that's yep. it. I, I guess that's, that's why I told that story about hearing Scott and knowing who. Like I'd never heard of him before by name, but I knew who he was within half a dozen notes. You know, and yep. I thought that's that's an incredibly powerful thing. Like I guess I don't know. I'm just trying to. I'm definitely trying to get better at playing what I know rather than rather than trying to really learn new stuff all the time, but running to catch up. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Are you, I really love, I love hearing you, players where they, they don't necessarily play 
a wide variety of styles or anything like that, but just they're so comfortable with what they're doing and it's so them. I'd love to reach that place where I'd, I'm at at ease in my own skin as a musician. I'm still looking I think you are, man. You, 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 I don't know if you feel like you are, but I think you sound like you are to other people, that's for sure. Oh, big time, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. It's good. I suppose, I suppose you, you never hear yourself the way other people hear you. So. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a musician's job to hate himself. So you know, and I'm, I'm. <laughs> That's right. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm, that is, that's I'm now for gigs. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm the poster boy for you know being a musician that hates himself. So you know, I just. And it's you know you, it's so counterproductive, isn't it? Like I mean, just uh, it doesn't. It's not the old that which kill, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's like yeah, it may just kill you. <laughs> it's like it just, it, it, you know, I, I just sort of, I've sort of given up on that whole beating myself up over it. I'd rather, and, and also too, if you're lucky enough to do this for any kind of career, which I have been, I mean, I, I'm an anomaly around this area, like in this little town, like I, I'm pretty sure I was the first of my kind, which was a guy writing musician on his income tax statement. So, um, I mean, I, it's such a, an absolute miracle that I ever got to do what I've been able to do to, to sort of sit around and be a sad sack about it. It's a bit of a slap in the face to all my friends that never got that chance, you know, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to be one of those guys. I'm so friggin' lucky. I mean, I talk to, I talk to a lot of my friends and they tell me horror stories about just people they've had to work for as, as side men, you know, and, and I don't have any of those. I've never worked for, I've never worked for anyone that was a horrible person, quite the opposite. Actually, I've worked for people that world famous individuals who are absolutely they're humbling in their humility if that makes any sense they're right. just such regular good people and treat you so well farnham being the first of them that uh yeah they just they just think well you know if this guy's not a dick what's your excuse you know what i mean <laughs> like, it's like they become a sort of a a yardstick for how people treat you and what you'll tolerate so yeah i've had a i've had a good run you know brett over the years um Looking back over like everything you've done and all the gigs, is there a gig that stands out in your mind that you that you you can recall that kind of really is a very memorable gig for you? Um, oh man, it, there's so many Too memorable many. ones, but but I, I guess the I guess the main thing is there's not one that stands out as horrible. You know, there's not one where because I've heard those questions asked too. What's a gig where you just wanted to curl up and die? And, <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know there were plenty of gigs at the baked potato where my ego took a fair hammering, but, uh, but not, not where I just say, well, the whole night was bad. There were moments where I thought, Hey, something cool just happened then. I mean, I, I don't, I don't mind sort of crashing and burning a few times. If at the end of it, you get to something where you go, Oh, there was, at least that wasn't the same old shit, you know? And, right. and, and then, you know, in the, in the world, I mean, with John, it's more about being consistent, like doing the right thing by the show and by the song and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, when I was doing gigs at the trio gigs at the spot, it really was about pushing the envelope and trying to come up with something over the course of two hours of playing. And so, yeah, I, I suppose I can't really think, I can't really name any one show where it stands out from any of the others. Cause they're all awesome, man. I mean, Jesus, if you get to, you get to do this in any way, shape or form, I, I just consider it such a gift. It's, so That's I could have been unblocking toilets for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, mate, I grew up, you know, I grew up in Latrobe. I ended up doing that, so, you know. <laughs> I, 
I grew up in Latrobe Valley in Gippsland, Brett, and I grew up watching you. And I think two of my favourite guitar players in Australia was you and Stuart Fraser. Um, how was Stuart? I mean, such an amazing guitar player. How was Stuart to work with when you guys were doing the gig together? Oh, man, he was just amazing. Like, I first heard of Stuart. I was 14, and they had these trade papers that I'd buy. I was sort of like, I don't know what the – what are the ones floating around LA these days that, you know, advertise gigs and things like that, that you just pick up outside a store or something? Like. Right. The LA like, like Weekly. The LA, or... Yeah, that kind of vibe. Yeah. I remember picking one up. So I'm 14 and they're talking about this young guy playing in a band called Feather and it's Stuart Fraser and he's 16. And then it was only about two weeks later they were on a TV show called Countdown. You probably remember yeah, that, Yeah, Countdown, yeah. Yeah, it's like our, our sort of top of the pops type of thing or – and uh and man he was incredible i remember just listening to him going oh my god if this is your average 16 i'm dead in the water this is <laughs> may as well stop now but luckily not every 16 year old was that good and uh and of course stuart went on to have great success with a band called noiseworks so i was a massive noiseworks fan yeah me too and so and i remember the very first time we rehearsed together um all he had, his gear hadn't really arrived from wherever it was coming from, and all he had was an Ampeg amplifier and a wah pedal. And we were set up in a circle. That's how we used to rehearse with Farnham. This was like 1994. And so he was directly facing me, so I heard everything he played. And it just, I went, this guy's got a dry amp and a wah pedal, and everything he's playing is keeper. I want to I record all of it and put it on these tracks, you know. Wow. And that was just him. Like, I, I learned so much from Stuart about, how to how to play for a song. Like I remember when we, we would work on Farnham tunes and we would sit in the studio and the demo would be playing that we're going to tackle. I'd have my guitar there figuring out what key it's in, what's the chords, what's that chord. Stuart would just sit there and he'd have a glass of water and probably a cigarette, eyes closed, just listen. And then when that was finished, he would walk to his part of the studio, into his ISO room, and he would pick up this guitar and plug it into that amplifier on that pickup and play the part. <laughs> and, you know, he, he would already hear it in his head. Then he'll have, all he had to go, yeah, telly, middle pickup, this. And, uh, and, uh, and I just thought that's how you do it. And I started to use that when I did sessions for people and it worked a charm. It was like, yeah, actually let your musical imagination tell you what to do and then just do it. And I hey, remember that. Remember that story you told about Zarwan or Scott when he, you said you you told this story in a in a like an improv concepts class or something where you said you you, you asked Joe if he could redo your solo because you didn't like what you played, and he said, "Well, what the fuck did you play it for?" Then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something Joe would say. <laughs> oh my god, that statement hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought, imagine being that in command of what you're doing that you would, yeah, yeah, I think I'll just, you, I think I'll just play something I like. Possibly play anything wrong in your own mind. Oh my god. But you know, yeah, Stuart, Stuart was kind of like that when it came to coming up with parts. He would pull the most amazing shit out of thin air. Yeah. He was, you know, he was like a cross between like Keith Richards. Mike Landau and uh, and uh, Mike uh, from Tom Petty's band. What's what's his name again? The uh, the guitar player from Yeah. What is it? What is it? Uh, oh, I'm yeah. having a, I'm having an old moment. I'm having a blank. But um, yeah, he was like a cross between those three guys. Like, and I'm convinced he had perfect pitch. We did talk about it, but he he couldn't really define it. But 
<laughs> Here's how good this guy. He was like such a great groove player. Like we, we were doing a a song for Olivia Newton John, and I was going to do some ambient guitar on it, and I wanted to get I wanted to get a demo version of it so I could work on the part at home before I went to the studio. So Stuart and my friend Lindsay Field recorded the demo and right at the start of the, the the mp3 they sent me you just hear Stuart's great foot go one two three four and then they played the song and the song was i don't know four and a half minutes long and so i took the mp3 and cut it right at the very first foot tap and then shoved it into pro tools and i locked it to a tempo and you could have clicked on that thing anywhere in that four and a half minutes and it was snapped to the grid no problem <laughs> And I asked him later on if they did it to a metronome, and he said no. They just played it. Wow, that's that's impressive. I think yeah. that's good. That's good time. That's uh, and that was Stuart. Yeah, he was uh, he was an amazing, and just a beautiful guy. Like one of the one of the most you know wonderful human beings you'd meet. And if ever anyone had a right to have an ego the size of fucking Florida, it was him. You know, yeah. like I mean, you know, looked like an absolute. God, the guy could have been a supermodel. You know. Drop dead handsome dude. Yep. Uh, could play. He played twelve to. I've got a set of his strings here. What were they? Twelve to sixty or something. Wow. In standard tuning, played them like they were tens. <laughs> and could wear. You know, he's so tall. He could wear a Les Paul around his knees like Jimmy Page and play everything like that. No problems. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He just, was. He was one of the cats I watched in the Noise Works Noise Work concert and was like, I want to do that. He was just, just the a, coolest cat. A beautiful human being, like you know, devoted father, just a wonderful person. So, yeah, it's fucking heartbreaking that he got taken from us. It really was. When when did we lose him? Was it last year or the year before? Just just, just last year. It was last actually it was November. We were in New Zealand doing some gigs with John, and uh, yeah, we we had two nights to do. We had to do a Friday and a Saturday night. And uh, we got news on the Friday that he'd passed away, and we had to we had to go back out on the Saturday and do the gig. Oh, and geez. but I remember, yeah, we were all talking about it, and we we're all starting to fall apart. And I remember I thought, nah, Stuart wouldn't do that. He'd say, "Get your shit together, go do the gig. Come on, you know." Yeah, he was. This guy was like Stuart was playing in professional bands when he was thirteen. Like I mean, really professional bands. Like I was in a pub band with my cousins, but uh, <laughs> you know, he was making albums and. And doing tours and videos and things like that since he was so young he couldn't remember. So, how, how so, yeah. old was he when he died, Brett? Uh, he's two years older than me, so he would have been fifty-eight. Jeez, so, that's young, too man. young. Yeah, it's rough, but we, you know, we got a we got an extra three years out of him, you know, that we didn't think we'd get. So, huh. you know, he put up a hell of a fight, but uh, but yeah, what a muso, man! What a beautiful player. You know, he was a fantastic acoustic guitar player. He could do the Tommy Emmanuel boom chick stuff just what? beautifully. Oh, wow! Jesus. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, he could figure out Doyle Dykes songs by ear and all sorts of a. Just one of the most natural guitar players I've ever really ever seen. And mm. yeah, wow, very intimidating. Very intimidating to have to stand next to him on a stage. <laughs> I got to tell you. Did you um in Farnham? Were you with? Did you work with Danielle? De uh, Danielle, well, Gahar back then, right? Absolutely, yeah. You worked yeah, I with met Danielle. Danielle. Met Danielle back in two thousand and two. Yeah, and she's just another one of those p singers that just you know. Yeah. Well I, well, I went and saw her and Bruce when they toured last year, and um, and just yeah, what a combination. I mean, my God, you know, just yeah. uh, 
between Bruce's guitar playing and Danielle's voice, I just went, well, you can just, you know, put a, put a fork in me. I'm done. You know, yeah. it's like, it was, Oh man. Unbelievable. You know, just absolutely unbelievable. We never got to do a lesson. Bruce, you would have learned so much. I'm telling you, I would have really. <laughs> yeah, it I, I didn't make enough money on that tour. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually was sitting in a booth. I, I bought a ticket where you got to sort of to sit in the booth, and this other guy came and sat there because he'd bought the same ticket, I guess. And in the break, in the uh, intermission, he was talking to me, and and he said, uh, you know, he said, with certain singers, you listen to them, and they sing great. And he said, but, you know, there's, they're human. They're going to be here and there with the pitch and all the rest of that stuff. And he said, but not with her. And I said, nah, I've never heard anything quite like it. You know, I remember a freak. She's a freak. Yeah. I remember I asked you if, um, cause she would sort of sing the key to you before they, you did a song. And I said, I said, have you got perfect pitch? And I remember you said, well, I think she's got incredible muscle memory, like of where a pitch is. Right. Like, right. Yeah. She can. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll play something. And she'll just, yeah. She just knows where it feels in her throat. Yeah. And that's kind of how she relates to it. You know what I mean? Like, but she can pull any, you know, if you've been doing a tune with her and see, She's going to hit the first note spot on, right up the middle. You no, know, out yes. of out of anything. You could play anything before that. You could, there could be anything on the radio, whatever, going, and she'll bang. She'll hit that note like a beacon. You know. Uh, I mean, just and, and you know that's Danielle's a perfect example of how frustrating this industry is because I mean, you know, she's a, she's a just a beautiful human being. She's beautiful to look at, and she just sings better than anyone I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm thinking, well, if I'm an A and R guy, what's what's the issue? You know, let's get this done. You know, let's get let's get the show on the road, kind of thing. But uh, you see, people with so much talent, and they tick all the boxes, and yet it's it's still a fight. You know, it's yeah. a, and then you see so many with no talent, and they're, and they're yeah. killing it. You know, it's there's no there's no method to the madness, right? What's yeah. her last name, Bruce? What did you say? What's her last name? Well, she goes by D. Andrea now, yeah. but she, when she was in Australia, she was Gaha, G-A-H-A. So it's, yeah, Danielle D. Andrea. She is a badass. We love Danny. She's awesome. Yeah, Unbe unbelievable. Yeah, it was just a beautiful experience to get to know her and and uh, and work with her. And yeah, I'll be a fan, be a fan forever. Yeah, yeah. So, so what's, um, so you're just, are you on a farm there, mate? Or you looks like you got some property, property there? We've got three acres. The intention was always to get a horse, but uh, every <laughs> every every time I mentioned it to someone, they went, "Oh boy, yeah, get ready to throw away that spare cash," you know. <laughs> and 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 of course, you know, it's just at this stage of the game, it's God, it seems to be slipping further away. But but yeah, we just we just were really lucky to get a block of land here that's got some space. You know, after living in apartments for so long, I thought, God, I gotta we gotta have some room around us, and yep. it's beautiful. I, I love living in. I love. I love living here. It's just, you know the town I grew up in. So, so it's a beautiful thing. That's got to be cool living back in hometown and and. And I can make as and I can make as much noise as I want, and no one cares. <laughs> I, but, love yeah, I, can, I love that. I love that. So track loud here, and no one bothers. So. so you guys aren't looking to go out for probably like everyone else i guess next year and john doesn't look like he's ready to stop like didn't he do a end of tour gig or that was it gig or something or 
Well, uh, he did an album. The album was called The Last Time. This was back in 2002. And uh, so they, they called it. They called a tour the last time, but here's the thing. Right. Did a video of that, that tour, and he says on the video, he said, I'm not retiring. I'm just not going to do these big venues on my own again, and he's lived up to that. He's never done a tour. Of, like the, these outdoor summer things are just – they're fun, you know. They're just yep. like outdoor festivals, and, but he's never done a big tour of venues and things like uh, like stadiums and stuff like that. He, we have done them, but with other artists. We've done them with Lionel Richie and Stevie Nicks and Tom Jones, things like that. So, so I mean, we've done sort of package tours, but uh, so yeah, that was that was that was. Everyone says that, but you know, like shit. If they're angry about that, they can go after Kiss. They've been doing a farewell <laughs> tour for the past thirty years. So. Right. I... People say. People say that to me. They say, "Yeah, I thought that guy was supposed to retire." And I thought, "Yeah, great. I hope you lose your fucking job too." Thanks, pal. <laughs> well, he's still nah. hitting the same keys and notes. Why would he retire? I mean, he's so amazing. He's 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 incredible. Well, that's the thing. You, you get the same show you got in 1986. Wow. So why not? You know, like you're not you're getting bang for your buck, which is why, which is why people still keep coming to see him. They just know they're going to get satisfaction guaranteed you know and it's such a great fun show to yeah, play like, i can imagine he, he lets us do you know we have so much freedom up there like we don't abuse it but you know i can improvise i can i can change parts up he doesn't care like he's just yep. total to it he's a the greatest guy to work for so well he must you must have a close relationship with him now just knowing what's happening on stage all the time after all these years now yeah we I think Danielle was in the band when we did this. Like we were, we were doing a gig somewhere in, in a theater somewhere and he loves, John's a, got a killer sense of humor. He loves telling gags, you know, and right in the middle of a song, he just stopped the whole band, turned around and stopped us and told this joke, which went on for five minutes. <laughs> and then just without like, even, looking, I know. Without, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without even looking at us, just went straight back into the chorus and we came right back in. And I, I was, I remember thinking, man, that is Las Vegas slick right there. That yeah. is, you know, you swear we rehearsed the shit out of that. And it was just completely spontaneous. So it's just, we all know each other. We, I've, I've known Angus, the drummer, for, you know, 30 plus years. I mean. Wow. So, yeah, well, I've been playing with John for 35. So. Wow. What a, that's a great gig, man. I'm the, I'm the longest serving member in the band chronologically. So. Wow. So, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's been a. Beautiful experience. We we grew up we grew up with you, man. Watching you play, you would, <laughs> you were, um, <laughs> yeah, it was just killer to watch you guys. I mean, seriously, one of the best bands in Australia. When you guys go see John Farnham, they're incredible. They are world class, um, amazing. Yeah. Well, it's just a, it is unique in the sense that it it really is a band in that sense. You know, yeah. we. Yeah, it's not. It's not just like, well, he's an artist, and they've put together a Ray Band full of very skilled professional players, and you're still going to get a great show. But there is, yeah, it, it sounds like a band. It's got a sound, you know. So, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Very lucky to have that gig. I got to tell you, you know, it's like remember there was a there was some movie called uh, Hired Guns. I think it was called a documentary about about just session musicians and people who you know who joined bands and they were talking about uh they were talking about liberty devito from uh billy joel's band the drummer yep and they said yeah and liberty said he played billy joel for 35 years and the, the other guys were saying that is an anomaly in this industry to have a gig that goes for that long and 
I remember sitting there watching it going, shit, that's me. I've got that. So. You've got that gig, yeah. yeah. And I, but, yeah, I'm just... No, go on, sorry. I was just going to say, is, is it true that I'm... If Is it your birthday? Oh, it was uh, my birthday two days ago. Because Danielle just texted oh. me. Danielle just texted me and she said, say happy birthday and give him all my love. And I think it's oh, his fantastic. birthday. Thanks. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, 420. That's my birthday. Uh. Oh man! Happy birthday, Brett! I don't remember if I sent you if I knew it was your birthday. Um, oh, that yeah, that's okay. Facebook lights up, so so. Uh, hey, didn't didn't we? I mean, we just emailed recently, but I don't remember what it was about. I can't remember. Um, um, um I'd have been about that Illich noise system. Just just. Oh, oh yeah, now I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Did you ever try it? It's working great. Yeah, it's like I I had a a local friend of mine who did a little bit of tech work out of his shop and I was just being lazy cause I didn't want to drive all the way to Melbourne. And he, uh, he tried to install it in one of my guitars and not only couldn't get it to work, but broke one of the pickups. I've got these beautiful pickups, Virgil Arlo pickups. And, uh, and, um, yeah, he managed to bust one of the pickups. Poor, I felt bad for him. You know, the poor, he's just obviously out of his depth. And <clears throat> so I took it down to my friend, Paul Gale, who has a company called Soundworks down in Melbourne, and and he uh, put it all in and in installed it properly, and it, it works a treat. It's just amazing. So, so it actually does the job. You, it reduces the hum and doesn't change the tone very much. Yeah, I, I can't notice any discernible difference in the tone. Good. And, you know, I'm yeah. playing high-gain shit through massive PA systems, and you can't hear a thing. I leave the volume wide up, and you can't hear anything. So it's good. Great. A couple of my students have it, and they also say that it works really good. Yeah, yeah, it works good because I, 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 I wondered about the Sir system, but that only comes with the guitars, doesn't it? You can't right, buy that separately. Right. So. Well, see, the Elitch system is what he – that was his first noiseless system was the system you're using. Ah, oh, right, right. And what happened is I guess that their contract ran out, that they had a five-year contract. Yeah. And so when their contract ran out, Sir had to invent his own noiseless system, but since he'd been using Elitch system for f do it his own way, yeah. And then, and then they parted, and now Elitch is on on his own doing what you bought, and and you know they're they're both basically the same kind of thing. The only the difference is that John's is now instead of that co the, instead of being on a back plate or being in a coil that goes around all three pickups under the yep. pick guard. It's actually another pickup, though it's not really a pickup. It's It goes in the horn of the guitar under the pick guard. Right. A little it hole. Right. Yeah, obviously it doesn't pick up any sound, but it just... Uh, yeah. It just makes the it just makes it humbucking with the other pickups, same as what yeah. you have, you know, and just changes changes it. I think with those systems, like... As I remember, Stevie Ray Vaughan used to put an actual real pickup under his pick guard, a fourth pickup. Right. And and if you go through all those ohms, that's like about six thousand. Make it duller. So that's why he used a lot of treble on his amps to make up for the fact that he had a dummy coil in his ah, guitar. Right. But the system that you're using in John's new system, they're only two hundred ohms instead of six thousand. So right. it's not something the ear can even hear, and it manages to get rid of the hum and make it humbucking without changing the the, the tone. So I'm really there's glad a, it's working out for you, man. That's great. 
it's brilliant. There's a there's a video Good. of um, Stevie Ray in the studio that I found on YouTube recently, and he's I think he's doing some music for a soundtrack or something. Uh-huh. And when he's when he's playing, it's fantastic because the microphone compresses, but the minute he stops, oh my god, the hum, the the buzz is so. Right. <laughs> yeah. like I, and I've I found some old Rory Gallagher videos where the the, the buzz is as loud as the so, as loud as the song, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess I look, look. I guess that, that that that's what we dealt with, wasn't it? If you in the old days Josh, before hum cancelling yeah. single coils was a thing, you know, it's just and, what you live. Yeah. Man, you even say you still would get buzzed with humbuckers in some studios, remember? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Remember once yeah. I had a piece of uh, wire from my tailpiece on my guitar to that, that I put in my sock, so it was always grounded the whole time, you know? To your foot, yep, yep. Yeah, you know, I mean, we yeah. just, like, we'd do the shit like that, you know what I mean, so that I could take my hand off the guitar and not get a bunch of buzzing. <laughs> it was like ridiculous. Well, we, we used to do, uh, you know that show, have you ever heard of that show? They have it in the States, I think, Dancing with the Stars. You know that show? Yeah. Uh-huh. We, we were the Australian band for that for a long time. We did like oh, 10 wow. years of that show. And and that was the that was the, the same thing. Where if I had this nylon string guitar, and if I had to play nylon string, I had to take one shoe off. And uh, <laughs> and shove shove this wire into my sock, the same principle, Bruce, and just yeah. uh, have it in, uh, against my bare foot so yeah. that the guitar Round. wouldn't bust. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Um, well, you know the baked potato in North Hollywood. For some reason, I think it they lucked out because if you're standing on the stage facing the audience, that's where it doesn't hum as bad. But if you turn right. around, it gets really terrible. But when they made the baked potato in hollywood it was the opposite like oh, when you were standing on the stage facing the audience that's where the hum was the worst <laughs> and well, i remember you, going you, there to sound to sound check with my with single coil guitar and i said i can't do this because the hum was louder than the note so i yeah. had to go home and get my humbucking guitar and come back and play the gig with my humbucking guitar because there's just no way to do it with single coils didn't you have to set up a certain way at Lava Lee so that the guitar wouldn't buzz so much? I think I recall you saying that. In the ass, man. I finally ended up just um, before the noiseless system came out, I just put noiseless pickups in my guitar, and I was using those Australian pickups, the Kinmans. Oh, right, right. And the Kinmans actually um you know did a pretty good job i don't think they sound quite as good as a real single coil but at least you could get through the gig and not like the hum didn't drive you crazy yeah, yeah. i thought they sounded pretty good actually you know for for being noiseless pickups they sounded pretty decent yeah they're nice they're nice pickups uh yeah these virgil Arlo ones are beautiful i uh uh-huh. really digging them i'm just i don't know it's just i had to sort of retrain myself to let a strat be a strat. Like when I was younger, I, I, uh, I was telling Troy, I'm actually playing the, the old strat that my mother bought me when I was about 13. And, um, I really wanted to get one of your guitars, but I just couldn't afford it. The Australian dollar is just in the toilet right now. So, well, you know what, Brett, if you ever want one, I can get you a deal on one. If you ever come to LA, you can just pick it up here and bring it back as luggage. And you know, you won't have to pay those crazy taxes. All right, I'll I'll take you up on that if I yeah if I can because have a you know, cash together I'll do it yeah because I mean I'm happy to do that I mean get you one for cost so It'll be awesome John, yeah. John, but, um, John should talk. give you one just to play with Farnham 
Well, you know what? Actually, really should because playing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, though. You know, John. John is not like a. It's kind of weird. You know, he has he has his endorsers, and of course, they're guys that everybody knows. You know what I mean? But they mainly play in the states, and John's big. Like I think the major part of his base is in the U.S. So yeah, yeah. he doesn't have any endorsers that live in other countries. Right. Yeah. And it's like the, the amount of, the amount of movement I would get for him. Buyers live in like, the You know, US. it's just, who knows how many guitars I'd ultimately sell for him. Probably none. Because the price well, is so hard, right? Well, that's the problem. It's, yeah. it's already expensive enough. And then once you have to ship it there and it goes through customs, you end up paying like five grand instead of three something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's just, pretty it's just yeah. too much money. You know, it's crazy. I think that's what they're around, right, Brett? Around five, six grand? Yeah, they would be. Yeah, well, it's like American, and then you've got the Australian dollar thing going on. Well, see, here they're only 3,500 list. Yeah. So, well, so that's already five grand Australian, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and okay. you throw more on top of it, yeah. Ouch. It's a drag. Yeah. It's a drag too, because uh, I remember the first time I ever went on tour in in the UK, and our tour manager said to us, "Now just remember, a pound's worth a dollar, but a dollar isn't worth a pound." And what he meant was, you're sort of paying the Australian number equivalent for a cup of coffee, but it's in pounds and pence rather than right. Australian dollars. So yeah, we're you know back back then in the mid '80s, we're paying like. Eight dollars Australian for a coffee, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 that's the, that's the trouble. It's like the five grand here in Australia is still just as hard to earn as it ever was. Harder now, that's for yeah, sure. So, yeah. uh-huh. so it's a shame, but it's all right. Things might turn around, and it's something for me to work for. So, and I have no problem paying for the guitar. Like it's you know there's you, you know uh, the, the days of endorsements and things like that. They're great and all, but I don't you know if someone can help me out, that's awesome. But I don't expect it by any means yeah but i'm happy to do it just if you ever if you ever know that you're going to come here in time where you could actually take it back on the plane and avoid all that crap then all right happy to do it you know brett you keep you keep practicing mate you might get somewhere we might be able to hook you up i'm gonna stick with it troy i'm telling you you know but you know what the doctor says what if you keep picking that thing it'll never heal (laughs) (laughs) hey wankers hope you're all doing well in this corona quarantine i'm reaching out from my survivalist bebop bunker let you know of a few things happening in grumps land first of all the uh, grumps live tv show every wednesday and saturday at five o'clock is still going facebook live of course, we got plenty of freezes and starts and cutoffs because of uh, the internet or the internuts, perhaps. But I want to let you know I'm recording them all separately from that as I'm doing them and putting them up on YouTube. So you can go to the Bruce Foreman YouTube channel and even subscribe. Supposedly that makes me a hero of, in some way. So I'm asking you all to subscribe, even if you never go there been posting what I've been doing because let's face it ain't got no gigs and I know you don't either so we're in this together also want to let you know that the Henriksen amp sale is still going on 15% off on the amps and you get an extra 10 if you mention my name 
And either Bruce Foreman or Grumps will work. So, uh, let you get into this show. We sure have been uh, doing our best to make shows for you, whether it be socially distanced or Skype, Skypeified. Anyways, wishing you health, happiness, safety, productivity, and hopefully we can all hang soon because we need each other. See you on the TV. Bye.